again, everyone. Welcome to the Red and White Authority. This is episode 173. I'm Art Regner, and as always, the Red and White Authority is brought to you by Labatt Blue. Whether it's winter, spring, summer, or fall, it's always good to end your hard-earned day of work with an ice-cold, frothy Labatt Blue. It is the official Canadian beer of the Detroit Red Wings, and we do ask that you please drink our premium beer responsibly. And now it, uh, I'm really excited about today's show. Uh, joining us on the podcast is a Red Wing goaltending prospect, 2021 first round pick, 15th overall. Yes, I don't even need to say his name because I know you all know who I'm talking about. It is Sebastian Cosa. Sebastian, thanks for joining us on the Red and White Authority. Really appreciate your time. <laughs> thanks, Art. Yeah, I appreciate it. Well, you know, we have talked before at length and uh, much of the chagrin of some, but uh, I want to get right into uh, this current hockey season. Last season, you played 17 games. Your numbers were phenomenal, but everything was limited. This is more of a, uh, I guess, what a regular season, what you were used to that you played two years ago. Uh, hmm. I'm just kind of curious. Right now, the Wheat Kings are 14-3-2-1, uh, second place. Uh, in the Eastern Conference of the Western Hockey League, behind the Winnipeg Ice, who are 19 and one, I have to ask you about that. But you did beat the Ice. The one, the one, the one loss that the Ice have. You were second star in that game. You did beat them uh, uh, back on October uh, uh, 29th, three to one in Winnipeg. Uh, your season this year. Uh, you're second in wins in the WHL, 11-3-3. Three three. Uh, you have two shutouts. A lot of guys unfortunately have a lot of shutout, two shutouts this year. Your goals against is 2.41. Your save percentage, 929, fourth best uh, in the league. How would you characterize your season thus far? Yeah, it's been good. Um, obviously, like you said, with that Winnipeg game, obviously a, a top team coming into into Edmonton, and they we played that game here in Edmonton. Um, but, yeah, yeah, obviously that game uh, specifically, uh, I think our, our team really showed up for it. And, and uh, we were able to get that win, so it was nice beating a, beating a top team in the league. But um, throughout the whole year, um, yeah, obviously, like you said, last year was a was a shortened year and kind of played a college schedule, so we were only playing two games every every weekend. Um, but yeah, getting back into it now, we've already played 18, um, you know, in a month here. So um, yeah, it's it's definitely getting busy, and, and it's nice to have the schedule, uh, you know, back the way it is. Well, when you, when you look at it, I mean, you have a team like the Ice coming in. 19 and one is pretty phenomenal, and you're only really seven points behind it. You each played, you know, seven games. Is this, a, I mean, your number one draft pick. You know, the Red Wings have signed you. I mean, you, you know, you, you know, your future is uh, in the state of Michigan at Little Caesars Arena, wearing the old red and white. We all know that. But mm -hmm. do you look at that as okay? These guys are coming in. They haven't lost a game yet. Boom! This is another time for me to shine. Or do you just take it as another game? No, 100%. I think, obviously, yeah, they're, they're a solid team, but also we, we've been a really solid team for the past three years, and, and this year we, we have three first-rounders on the team. Um, and that game that we played with Winnipeg, we didn't even have didn't have Jake Neighbors back. So, you know, I think, uh, you know, our, our plan this year is to, to kind of take it one game at a time, but at the end we, we want the league title, and, and we're going to have to beat those top teams. So, obviously, it's a, it's a big game with two top teams going at it. Um, you know, I definitely want to, to impress and kind of, show I had and obviously their their offense is is really good I think the time that they were playing us they were averaging I think seven or six goals a game so um obviously I, I knew I was gonna have my hands full that night and uh yeah yeah like you said I, I played a pretty good game and, and kind of um you know obviously we won that game three to one so it was uh, it was a good game for sure well what, what I like about you is is that you're not afraid to express your opinion on or off the ice 
and I've read several stories, you know, since, you know, when I was first studying about the draft, before I even knew the Red Wings were going to draft you, that you like to trash talk at times. I mean, <laughs> do you, are you trash talking the Winnipeg Ice during that game, or are you so focused that you just want to beat them? I mean, yeah, I think, I think honestly that, that whole narrative has been, uh, I think a little bit overblown, but at the same time, I, I think, you know, in, in practice, I'm, I'm definitely, uh, you know, chirping the guys and, and it's, it's loose like that. It's, you know, just trying to keep, uh, keeping competitive and stuff. But during games, I think, um, you know, I definitely, maybe, maybe when I was 17, it was, it was a little, little looser and I was, I was chirping a lot more, but I think the past couple of years I've kind of, uh, I've kind of dialed it back a little bit, um, and you know I'm, I'm just honestly focused on saving the puck. So um, you know, definitely, I still do throw a throw a good chirp around here and there. Um, but you know, I'm at the end of the day, I'm not letting it get me uh, unfocused on my game. Well, you, you know, this is an international podcast, and it's uh, you know we have uh, fans that are old and young. So with that in mind, I'm going to ask you that. This uh, I should say, um, what's your best chirp? I mean, have you ever had a guy after you said something to him, like look at you and either start laughing or saying, you know what, Sebastian, that was pretty good. <laughs> no, I think honestly, my go-to is just, um, <laughs> uh, just my go-to is honestly just letting them know that there, there's no way that they're going to score on me. Um, you know, especially in, in practice, I, I, I promise some guys and I, I guarantee them that they're not going to be scoring. So that, that definitely, uh, I think, maybe gets in their head a little bit. Some guys have said that that's, that's a pretty funny when I, when I chirp them that. <laughs> you know, well, I'll tell you, I've been pretty privileged to cover some really outstanding goaltenders, including uh, Dominic Hasek, and he yeah. hated to be scored on in mm -hmm. practice in games. Are you the same way? Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, um, at the end of the day, I'm supposed to be stopping the puck, and when I'm getting scored on, that's the that's the worst feeling. So, um, you know, even even to pull it to extension, when if I do get scored on, you know, that puck's not sitting in my net um, right away. I'm I'm turning it around and in practice, and I'm grabbing it and taking it out of my net. Um, so yeah, yeah, to say the least. Um, yeah, I hate getting scored on. Yeah, you play a position where you have to have a short memory. Are you able to let it go, even though you're angry? Yeah, definitely. I think I think that's one of my uh, one of my best attributes I have. I think I have a very good reset button, and you know, after you know, understanding the fact that after the goal goes in, there's there's nothing you can do about it now, and, and just kind of focusing on the next shot and, and doing whatever you can to help your team win. If you're if you're kind of salivating and and still getting mad about that goal that you just let in, it's going to take you off from the next shot. You know, Sebastian, I want to I, I want to take a step back and talk about. Uh, specifically the Canadian Hockey League, which is the Western Hockey League where you play for the Edmonton uh, Wheat Kings. I'm obsessed with calling Oil them the, 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 the... Yes, I'm obsessed uh, with calling them the Wheat Kings. And they are, <laughs> I was just about to, to tell you that. I'm going to mm. probably end up calling them that, and I don't know why unless... It must have been a team years ago or something, but I. I but, oh yeah. yeah, no, yeah, it's Brandon, Brandon Wheat Kings. Okay. Brandon still got the team, yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right, thank you, thank you for bearing with me, you know, and maybe I'll even cut this out of the podcast. But anyway, <laughs> no, that's all good. I, I totally get it. No, there's there's a lot of teams, and you're no, a lot of teams in the hockey world. Yeah, the the Edmonton Oil Kings and in the Western League, and then there's the Ontario Hockey League, which we're really familiar with here in Southeast Michigan because of the former Plymouth Whalers, now the Flint Firebirds, and, uh, you know, the Sarnia Sting, and we, we can talk about, you know, there's a lot of minor league hockey teams, and I can't forget the Saginaw Spirit, and, and yep. then the Quebec League, where the Red Wings have drafted a number of players recently from, from that league, but 
we kind of know what the CHL is, and we hear about these these teams, but we don't know what your day-to-day life is like playing in the CHL. You know, we, we all have an idea of college hockey, and you start a little bit younger than a college hockey player, that, you know, supposedly they go to class and play two games a week, and, you know, and, and it's more of a developmental league. Your league appears to be quite professional in a way in its approach can you just talk about what it's like to be in the chl playing for the edmonton oil kings definitely i think um you know i'll take it even further back when when kind of deciding on junior and uh, and college um you know i think obviously back in the time when when i was still deciding there were 70 72 games in a season um but now there's there's still 68 games so it's obviously a, a much more professional schedule um you're playing a lot more games um but yeah like you said the college guys um you know they're obviously much much older and we have guys that are 16 here 16 to 20 so um there's a big big uh age group gap kind of um so yeah the 16 17 year olds are are going to high school every morning and, and doing their stuff and um, you know, we're going to the rink at usually a, around 11 o'clock, um, you know, get an hour workout in, you know, we're eating lunch there and then on the ice for an hour and a half. Um, so yeah, just, you know, this is obviously a, a development league with, with uh, a lot of young guys in it, but at the same time, like you said, it's, it's definitely a lot of, it's, it's a kind of a professional attitude where, where you're playing 68 games and, and kind of getting used to that schedule. Now, what, what is that like for you? Because I know that, uh, I know that you were born in Hamilton, Ontario, but you lived yep. in Fort McMurray, Alberta. Now, are you with a family, or are you close enough where you can still live with, still live at your house? Oh uh, yeah, so I've uh, it's it's about four and a half hours from oh, from wow. Fort McMurray. Yeah, yeah. So I was uh, I started billeting when I was thirteen, actually. Um, my bantam second year. Um, there's only double A in Fort McMurray, so to kind of get some get get some views from uh, WHL scouts, I had to. Go and bill it down in Fort Saskatchewan, which is about 15 minutes outside of, uh, 15, 30 minutes outside of Edmonton. Um, so yeah, yeah, still four and a half hours, but yeah, I was building at, a, at an early age to, to kind of get some views for, for the WHL. So I've been building for a while. What, how difficult is it for you at 13? Is it difficult for you? I mean, you're 13, you know, you think you, you know, even at 13, you probably think you have all the answers of the world problem and you know that, Hey, yeah, I'm, I want to be a hockey player. That's my passion. I want to be a goalie. I want to play in the NHL. Uh, so at 13, are you like, Hey mom, Hey dad, Hey family, love you. Bye. Was it more difficult on them or was it difficult for you to, you know, to leave home? No, definitely. I mean, yeah, that's that's a very young age that you're going away from home. Um, you know, luckily for me, I'm I'm pretty adaptable and, and can deal with change very well. Um, unfortunately, it was it was a year after the Fort Murray fires, um, and my uh, one of my good buddies, um, his house unfortunately burned down. So their their family had moved to Fort Saskatchewan that year while their house was rebuilding. So luckily, I got to stay with them that year. Um, so my first year of the process, I knew the people who I was living with. It made it much easier. Um, and then the year after I started living with strangers that, which was the first time, but I think, you know, living with, uh, the family that year when I was 13, it made the, made the process much easier. Now I know most players I've talked to, like virtually almost hundred percent across the board, they really, they consider their billet family, their second family is, is that just a natural progression, you know, human nature when you live with somebody you obviously start to gravitate and be kind of like them in a way. 
hundred percent. I think obviously you're, you're spending a lot of time uh, with them and yeah, they are, they are your second family. You're going home to them every day. You know, you're having supper with them every day. Um, you know, you're, you're around their family and, and you know, you're kind of just joining their family. Um, you know, you play with their kids and, and stuff like that. So, um, you know, I think billets, billets do a really good job of, of kind of taking you in and, and making you feel like you're at home, um, which obviously just makes you feel comfortable and, and kind of open up to them and, and you grow a great relationship from there. You know, years ago, I talked to several players that, you know, played in the CHL and they were saying that, you know, that, that there even came a point where they had to think about, you know, do I really want to make a run for the NHL or do I kind of want to work on school too? But I think that there is a misconception that the CHL is not big on education and that's not correct. I mean, so I, I, you know, what is school like for you in learning? And I know I'm talking to a Canadian here. So are you like, in, <laughs> are you in grade 12 or, you know, I, how, how's that working out? No. Yeah. So I, I graduated two years ago, um, but we're here in Edmonton, at least we're, we're forced to take one, one college course per semester or per, per year. Um, so yeah, we, we kind of keep it, um, you know, we, we're staying busy here for sure. They don't just let us, uh, you know, kind of waste our time and, and the WHL does a really good, uh, you know, there's a, there's a package, there's a scholarship package, which every year that you play in the league, you get a, a full year free of school, um, to any Canadian college you want. So, you know, I think there's, it's definitely still big, big on school and, and, um, yeah, like I said, there's, there's college courses that we take during the year. Well, you know, Sebastian, forgive me first for calling the uh, the Edmonton Oil Kings the Wolf Kings, <laughs> and also not wishing you a happy birthday. I mean, oh, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> two days ago, you turned 19, but you graduated maybe because of no. You graduated at 17 from high school. Yep. I, you know, I did too because my birthday's in November as well. So I guess oh, yeah. that, that isn't that odd, but. Uh, uh, so now you're t so you have to take some college courses. Do you plan on, even though you're going to be wildly successful in the NHL, uh, do you plan on maybe furthering an education? Do you have an outside interest? Could we see uh, I, the the line I always like to use, Doctor Sebastian Kosas? <laughs> uh, I don't know about that. To be honest, I think uh, you know I, I picked the WHL for for maybe a reason or two. Um, you know, obviously schooling being one of them. Um, yeah, <laughs> kind of a, a hockey first mentality um, right now, obviously, um, you know, I'll see how my career career goes and, and whatever path it takes me down. And it's nice to have kind of that backup option. But, um, you know, hockey, hockey is definitely my, my main passion right now. <laughs> I don't know, it has a nice ring to it, though, doesn't it? Uh, yeah, I like it. I like it. I, I don't know uh, if that, that many years of schooling would be uh, would be okay, though. Well, you know, I, I'm kind of curious now. Uh, our uh, social media director, Andrew Bossman Kristoff, wants to know, and I was going to get into this a little later, but maybe maybe we can decide on this now. Do you have a nickname? Yeah, yeah, Seabass. Uh, uh, I've got it on the back of my helmet for the past couple of years. Uh, my brother's been calling me that for forever, um, and then just usually Kos or, or Kosa. Okay, Seabass. Okay. Yeah. Because, because that's what Andrew said. To ask him about Seabass, and I thought, mm -hmm. because Andrew never tells me anything, that it's on the back of your helmet, which, he's, uh -huh. which he is, I'm sure has seen. So I'm thinking sea bass. Okay, that's, you know, is that for Sebastian and sea bass and all that. So your nickname is sea bass because I was thinking, you know, your, your new nickname could be doctor. And people, <laughs> people would have no idea what you're talking about. No, no idea. 
that would be hilarious. I think, yeah, yeah, that's just kind of out of the blue. That's that's funny. I mean, no one would have any idea. But um, you could trash no, yeah. talk. You can say, "Hey, boys, the doctor is." The doctor's here. here. Yeah, yeah right, the doctor's right. here. Nothing behind me. You know what I mean? No. Boom. You know. But anyway, Definitely. I like it. I like it. You know, I kind of do too. But of course, I just came up with it. So of course, I'm uh-huh. my own biggest fan. Um, hey, you can call me. You can call me if you want, Art. All right. Thank you, Sebastian. I appreciate uh-huh. that. Yeah, um, no problem. I, you know, I, I want to get on a serious topic here just a little bit and touch upon it because I know I did on, on, on draft night when I interviewed you too. Um, the Fort McMurray 2016 uh, fires, you had to evacuate your house. Thankfully, your house did not burn down. But what has that maybe taught you or how much of an impact has that had you had on you? And how have you impact maybe even on your hockey career and how you approach things now? Yeah, I think I think it was a it was a big kind of impact on my life. Obviously, you know, moving out of your house for for three months and and being nervous that your house might burn down, but at the end of the day, you you really have no control over that. So I think um, for myself, really, it's <clears throat> just kind of un- con- understanding the kind of the controllables in life and you know what you can and can't control and and um, you know. At the end of the day, um, after hockey, you know, if you let a, let a bad goal in, there's there's definitely worse stuff that can happen in the world, um, like a like a fire going through your city. So I think you know it just kind of grounds you and and you realize how uh, how important some things are compared to others, and just you know the adversity part of it and, and controllables. When I now correct me if I'm wrong, I don't think it was fires again, but. You had was it floods that also uh, was something that you had to deal with? Uh, yeah, I was uh, I was still in Edmonton while the floods happened, but yes, uh, the lake, the river, sorry, did did flood um, through the city again, um, and Abisan, which is a part in, in Fort Murray, got got damaged badly by uh, the fire and the floods. So they were uh, they were definitely the people who came out the worst. Um, luckily, our house was on a hill um, and didn't get affected by the floods either. Wow. So, I mean, so, you know, so you've seen a lot, you've seen a lot of adversity, uh, you know, obviously you, you know, you know how to handle it. Uh, you know, you're, you're, you're playing very well in hockey through everything. And all of a sudden, you know, it's your draft year. Uh, you are considered one of the top goaltending prospects, according to you, from what I read now, I don't want to get you upset, but you were the number one goaltender in last year's draft. You were the first goaltender drafted the Red Wings traded up to get you at 15 can you take us through the draft process last year because I do know that the Red Wings and especially Chris Osgood had some really good conversations with you yeah yeah it was uh last year you know it was, it was a lot of up and downs uh you know we didn't even we weren't even sure if we were gonna have our season um you know there was talks about going to the U.S. or, or over to Europe just to get plays and or just to play and, and kind of get some views so um, you know, at the beginning of the year, I, I just really, when we did, when we were able to play, I think, um, you know, I was just going to use every single game I could to kind of show what I had. And, and luckily our team was, was extremely good last year. And, you know, I, I played well and was very consistent. Um, and yeah, I, you know, I, I didn't talk to Detroit as much um, um, throughout the year and, and kind of leading up to the draft, the week of the draft, I had, I had four calls with them. So, um, you know, we kind of, Kind of got it all hashed out there, and you know they got all their questions out for me there. Um, you know, leading up to the draft, and and yeah, that call with Chris was was really good. I, I learned a lot. I took a lot away from it. Um, you know, he's a, you know, very very interesting, and there's you know he's been through a lot. And, uh, he has a lot of, a lot of experience, so um, you know anything I can kind of just pick up from him or, or learn that that can help me down the road, I, I definitely did. 
He didn't tell you that you should have been a medicine hat tiger, did he? Uh, no, he didn't say that. <laughs> <laughs> he, he, he loves that team, by the way. But, oh, yeah. <laughs> no, that's, that's too bad for him. It's too bad for him. Oh, there you go. Oh, good. A little, mm -hmm. a little trash talking. I love it. Uh, oh, yeah. With that, now, what goes on, what, what you can tell in these conversations? I mean, you said, I'm sure you had other teams. I can't tell you how many players I've talked to, you know, again, over the years, really dating myself here, who said, I was surprised Detroit drafted me, or I thought I was going to Washington or Chicago or Tampa, and boom, all of a sudden the Red Wings came out of nowhere. I mean, as as it progressed that week, and they talked to you four times, did you get a good feeling, or did you think you might be uh, bound someplace else? Uh, yeah, you know, I you know with the with that many calls and in, in that duration of time, you know, I, I knew that they obviously had interest, and you know, but there was there was me and Wall said in the in the draft class, so you know, there's there's always question marks. Um, you know, you you never know what's going to happen until until your name's called. So I think you know there was there was a couple teams on my list that I thought were were maybe going to take me, and um, but you know, obviously, extremely extremely lucky that that Detroit picked me. You know, when, when they pick you, and now you've had a couple of months to reflect on it, and actually you're into your, you know, your season with Edmonton right now, um, can you better or put it better describe what, what it means to you now than that moment of euphoria when I talked to you literally minutes after you were drafted? Mm -hmm. No, it was actually, it's pretty funny that you asked that two days ago. Uh, my parents were down here for my birthday and, and we came back to my billet house and, and we, uh, we rewatched the draft, um, you know, that pick and, you know, it's still, still very surreal. They had never seen it on TV, obviously they were there and they, they weren't able to record it. Um, but yeah, that was the first time they saw it and, uh, on TV and, you know, it's, it's still, it was still a surreal, surreal, uh, moment. You know, my hairs on my arms were still sticking up, and <laughs> it was it, it was crazy, honestly. Um, but yeah, during the draft, it, it kind of looking back at it now, it was kind of you know it flew by, and um, you know at the time just extremely nervous. Obviously, when you're waiting for your name, um, you know those that the minutes um, leading up to every name called have like felt like hours. Um, so just hearing hearing my name called and and being lucky enough to be the first goalie selected, obviously that's huge privilege. Um, but yeah, just honestly, extremely proud of, of the work that I put in and, and still know that there's a lot of hard work to go, um, in the future. And this is just the first step of the way. Now you're watching the draft and the Red Wings trade up and, you know, everybody's thinking, you know, they need a goalie. They need a goalie. Heck, I had them, forgive me, Sebastian, I had them taking Wellstead at six overall mm -hmm. <laughs> because they really need a goalie. Uh, mm -hmm. and, uh, uh, so um, you know, do you think when you see Detroit at 15, are you thinking to yourself, okay, I had four conversations with him. This could be it, boys. Get ready. Uh, Sebastian might be going to the Motor City. Definitely, definitely. I think, you know, obviously, yeah, obviously, um, you know, me and Wall said we're still up on the board there. So um, there's still still a couple question marks, but, you know, I, I, I had a good feeling. And, and uh, you know, my cousin, who actually is from Sarnia, um, was there that night, and he called it before, before, um, the draft that Detroit was going to pick me, and, and luckily, uh, you know, they did. So, um, yeah, it was it was crazy. I didn't didn't know, but didn't know for sure, but had a good feeling to say the least. 
Well, I know that uh, we've talked about this before that you do have family in Sarnia. I believe, is it your grandparents that live there or? Uh, yeah, my, my Nona lives there and, and I have uh, three Zos. Um, yeah, I have uh, a couple cousins, um, you know, aunties and uncles that, that live in Sarnia. And then, then uh, my nan and gramps live in Alvinston, um, a, small a small farming community, just uh, about 30 minutes from Sarnia. So yeah, I have a, quite a bit of family in, in Southern Ontario. Now, are they Red Wing fans or are they Leaf fans? They are now. Oh well, no, no, I know that. But I mean, growing up, I mean, did they, they, you know, because Sarnia is like, like, kind of Windsor's pretty much Red Wings. Uh, sorry, mm -hmm. Windsor, but you really are. And you know, but, 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 but then when you get out to Leamington and some of the other areas, it seems to be kind of divided. I mean, I'm surprised there's as many Red Wing fans as there are in Southern Ontario, to be honest with you. But uh, I was just kind of curious because we did talk about the Blue Water Bridge. Have you, have you crossed it yet or no? I know that you've told me that you might have stood on it, but you've never walked over to the United States or driven in there. I know you've been in the United States now, but mm -hmm. I mean, the, the Blue Water Bridge, are you planning on crossing that? Yeah, definitely. I've, I've been there multiple times for, for fries under the bridge. Um, you know, my... You know, my cousins used to go, my dad used to go swimming in there. My dad used to live in Sarnia. Um, and yeah, yeah, they used to, they used to go there all the time. So I've been there a couple of times, but I still haven't crossed it yet. That's definitely going to have to something I, I check off. Oh yeah, you definitely do because it, yeah. it, I, I've taken that ride many, many times. It, it, and it's a good way uh, that if you don't want to go through the, uh, the ambassador bridge or the tunnel, going Blue Water Bridge is be the best way to go from Michigan to Ontario. It's yeah. quick and it's it's easy. And so, yeah. with that said, I'm giving you a, a few pointers here. I want. <laughs> I, I, I want <laughs> you're welcome, Sebastian, or Doctor. Uh, <laughs> but I love it. Love it. You know. So, you, you know, you have family here. You know, the Red Wings draft you. I'm kind of curious. A question that I have gotten, believe it or not, from Red Wing fans is that, hey, when you talk to Sebastian Cosa again, ask him because he's in Edmonton and he plays it. Rogers place where the Oilers play does he uh, has he talked to Ken Holland about playing for Detroit uh, I mean it would seem a natural fit or are the Oilers you know they do their thing and you guys do your thing uh yeah no haven't haven't talked to Ken um, <laughs> um, no yeah we we kind of uh, we're separate from the Oilers especially with COVID the past two years you know they oh, yeah, try and keep us sense. as spread out as spread out as possible um, you know with the NHLPA they they have their rules for sure um, so yeah, we haven't really talked to them, but um, the one thing with with being at Rogers and, and then now the uh, Little Caesars, obviously two two brand new rinks. Um, you know, I, I don't think I could have got luckier there. Oh no, there's no doubt. Okay, because I'm going to tell you something. Uh, Ken Holland, I truly love the man. I have nothing but respect for him. I've known him t over 20 years. Uh, you know, phenomenal person and uh, as great a GM as he is, he's he's a better he's a better man. If you ever get the opportunity to talk to him and ask him about Detroit, sit down, relax, get your favorite beverage, because you're going to be there for a while. <laughs> yeah. He, he will talk a lot. I mean, you think I'm bad. He really does talk. I mean, Ken is a real, a real talker, real great guy, and it would be a fascinating conversation. If you do have that opportunity, Sebastian, you should talk to Ken Holland if you know, yeah. and he will talk to you. Obviously, you know, he knows who you are. So uh, I, I think it'd be a, a fascinating conversation for both of you. Um, and obviously he knows exactly 
um, what you're about to walk into, which is Detroit here and being a Red Wing. Let's fast forward to um, uh, the Prospects Tournament. And there was no development camp this year because, you know, COVID's done a lot. Uh, I'm just kind of curious, your first taste of professional hockey prospects and the big camp with the Red Wings, how would you assess, how did that go for you? Yeah, it was, it was, it was good being there. Obviously, um, you know, I learned a lot, um, you know, from the coaches and, and it was nice just being around the players and, and kind of getting a grasp for that pace. Um, obviously the game, um, you know, it wasn't, wasn't my best performance and you know there's uh just looking back at it you know there's two and two or three that that i definitely want back and um you know i think you know, it was just the the pace was getting up there and you know there's some bigger bodies some more bodies in front of me for screens and stuff so just kind of getting you know used to that and adjusting to that um you know it's just it's going to take me a game or two but honestly i i think i i will adjust to that very easily but you know it was uh or well, not maybe not very easily, but um, you know it's definitely definitely some time to get used to it. But um, you know, just kind of understanding the the way the game's played at that level, um, and you know, it's it was a, it was a great learning experience for me. Right. Well, we, you know, we we live streamed that game, and I was part of the uh, the broadcast team that did that. And uh, uh, you know, I I, I mean, I, I think I essentially even said, you know, this is going to be a learning experience for Sebastian. I mean, this is. A little bit different level than he's, you know, he's thinking about. And St. Louis, uh, uh, you know, they, they, uh, they, you know, they're, they're, they're a good team, and you know, and they had some guys that, uh, you know, they were a big, they were a big club. And uh, uh, so after that's over, um, do you, not, do you meet with? Is it Jeff Saleko, the Red Wing coaches? Do you? Did you have a little bit of a powwow? I mean, how? What happened after that, where they actually had you, shall I say, on film in a Red Wing uniform, playing and saying, "Okay, Sebastian, boom." Did they break it down, or did they not? Because it wasn't that horrible. I know you're being hard on yourself. I'm just saying that, you know, dude. How did that kind of play out after it was over? Yeah, definitely. Phil Phil is there, um, who's a goalie development coach there. Me and him went over the went over the film and um, you know just pulled some stuff that that we liked and some stuff that we didn't like, and you know just kind of try and put it into my game and and uh, you know use it for the next game. Obviously, there's there's just some positioning stuff that that I could have cleaned up a li- little bit. Um, so you know it, it was just very small details that if I would have adjusted, um, you know those those goals maybe would have been saved and stuff. So. Um, yeah, like you said, it, it wasn't the worst game of the of, of my life, but um, yeah, you know, it's a couple that I want back for sure. You know, now you're a big goalie. You're six six, at, at least two hundred and ten pounds. Uh, what are the advantages and maybe challenges? Even though the whole league seems to be going being a big goaltender, you know, is that? I mean, you cover obviously a lot of the net, and you know, and you're you're athletic, but are there things that you need to work on, especially being six six? Yeah, definitely. I think, um, you know, obviously being 6'6", uh, yeah, you're obviously covering a lot more than that, but, you know, there's there's some bigger holes there, um, you know, between your arms or, or even your five hole maybe. So, um, you know, at the end of the day, um, you know, you just have to kind of adjust your style and, you know, at the end of the day, you got to stop the puck. So, um, you know, just continue, continuing to work on my strength and, and my speed to, uh, you know, keep up with that, that pace. And, um, you know, even sometimes with me being so big, I don't need to be challenging as much, um, per se. So, um, you know, just obviously continuing to work on my tracking and, and my body control, which is going to help a lot. Um, 
so working on stuff like that will, will help my game for sure. You know, I, I know that you have put up phenomenal numbers uh, uh, for the uh, for the Edmonton Oil Kings, and uh, you know, and you, your numbers are great again this year. And as you alluded to earlier, you do have three number one uh, draft cho- choices: uh, 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 Dylan Gunther, who uh, went to the uh, Arizona Coyotes. Uh, God only knows where that kid's going to end up playing. Uh, you know, we don't even know if Arizona's going to be a team. Arizona's the one <laughs> team, Sebastian, that, you know, they're kicking them out of their arena, so who knows? Maybe it's Quebec City or something. Yeah, but, uh, no, exactly. Who knows? <laughs> yeah, but Dylan, ninth overall pick uh, in your draft year uh, at 21, and then Jake Neighbors, as you alluded to. Do you find, even though you were a known player and a star player in the WHL, are you treated differently? Do you have more of a mark on you this season because you are a number one pick of the Red Wings? Uh, maybe, maybe I think uh, you know. There's definitely uh, you know playing against teams. You know every every single game. Uh, you know they're they're getting a lot of bodies to the net. They're trying to trying to get my grill. Um, you know maybe giving me little hacks after the whistle. Just doing everything they can trying to get in my mind. But um, you know I, I love it. I love that stuff and. Um, you know, like I said before, you know, at the end of the day, all my, my job is to stop the puck. So, um, you know, they can they can try all they want to, to kind of mess with me, but, um, you know, it, it doesn't really phase me. Well, you know what? I mean, all you have to say is like, hey, boys, I'm the king of that. I'm the doctor, man. <laughs> <laughs> you want to try to get inside my head? Good oh, luck. yeah. No, yeah, I love it. I love it. No, it's, <laughs> it's, it's tell, awesome. I can tell you do. So you talk to Phil O'Sare. You know, you're in Detroit. The Red Wings signed you. Were you surprised that they signed you? Not that, they, I mean, they were going to sign you. You know, there's no way a number one pick's not going to be signed. But that kind of went kind of quickly. It was like out of nowhere. All of a sudden, oh, yeah, the Red Wings signed, you know, Sebastian Costa to his three-year entry deal. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was definitely, yeah, it was quick. It was, it was nice to say the least. Obviously, that was, uh, you know, after getting drafted. That's something you kind of want to do. And, and uh, you know, a lot of guys have to kind of prove themselves during that that first year after getting drafted to to get signed but i think um you know just my my attitude and, and the play the year i did before um you know that kind of kind of did the speaking for me and and um you know we're, we're on the same page um you know at the end of the day I, i'm continuing to develop and and i'm going to be working my hardest and you know they they believe in me that i'm going to be doing that and, and believe in my skill so um you know at the end of the day we we got it all figured out and and uh, both parties came out happy to say the least now i i'm kind of curious now you're going to turn 20 years old almost a year to the day i mean you know two days of, uh, on the 21st of uh in, in 2020 uh uh 22 uh, you're going to turn you're going to turn 20. uh and now Will you, are you looking towards Grand Rapids or is it another year of junior for you? I got in a big conversation with several people about this and I thought that you could play in the AHL even though technically when the season starts, you're not 20 years old, but you're going to be soon after the season starts. I mean, yeah. Oh, sorry. Yeah, no. Yeah, sorry to cut you off there, no, but no. no yeah, it, it's uh, yeah, it's the O2 draft. It's O2 year. Um, so yeah, next year, next year will be my 20 year old year. Um, so yeah, I'm I'm planning on playing in, in, in Grand Rapids if if uh, that's the case and my the year goes good here and I keep developing and, and I'm able to play there. Yeah, that's what I love to hear. I I told you know I told everybody I'm kind of a goaltending freak. I mean I, I love the <laughs> position and I said listen. You know, Kosa's definitely in Grand Rapids next year, and they're saying, oh, no, he's got another year junior. I said, I don't think so. 
And so, uh, but but it's good to hear you and I are on the same page about, about that you're in that you're in GR next year, which uh, is a great place to play, by the way. Uh, Definitely, I love it, it. It really is, and so uh, uh, you're going to have a lot of fun uh, uh, playing for the Griffins too. Um, now let's look at it. So you know you're going to finish out this year, hopefully win the Memorial Cup, and uh, you know be be a big hero and. You know, have a big parade for you down the the main street of Fort McMurray and all that <laughs> stuff, and you know, people chanting the doctor, the doctor, Sea <laughs> Bass, whatever. We love yeah. you, Sebastian. You know, just you know, all the accolades are are are, are all there. Um, then, do you continue in Alberta working out? Do you come to Detroit? Do you know what's next? How much contact have you had with the Red Wings? now and are have they not that i'm not taking anything away from you know your own personal trainers and people that have helped you all the way but do you are you officially handed over to the red wings and then they kind of control everything uh yeah i think um you know it's it's a good question and we've been having chats i've been having chats with phil about that um you know obviously would be staying here for uh, for a little bit, at least a short duration of time, um, you know, and, and I'd definitely be making my way down to Detroit in the summer. Um, it's just, you know, how long, how long I'm down there for and, and um, you know, how long I'm here working with, with the guys who I've been working with forever, um, you know, my strength conditioning coach and, and my goalie coach here. Um, so I think kind of splitting the summer between uh, between the two of them. Well, no, the, and, and, you know, that look, I'm, I'm all for you. Being, having a kind of a comfort zone and being home too. You know, I think that there's a lot to be said for that. I mean, I, I think, you know, throwing you into the Detroit fire constantly, like for three months here in Detroit, I don't know if that's, you know, again, I'm not a developmental hockey guy. I'm just talking about maybe even for your own mental well-being, it's kind of cool to be back at home for a while, right? Yeah, definitely. And, and you know, there's there's definitely not taking anything away from, from Detroit, but I think, you know, here here in Truard Park, I'm, I'm lucky enough to work out with guys like Tristan Jari and, and Carter Hart. So, um, you know, there is there is pro guys here that, you know, that I look up to and, and can train with. Um, so, you know, I think, uh, you know, both both would be very good for my development and, uh, you know, just going to try and kind of balance it, to, you know, to help my game the most. Well, now, do you... I know you're busy, and every time I, I you know, I, I turn around, it seems like the uh, uh, that the Oil Kings are playing are playing a game. But do you watch the Red Wings? Are you do you try to watch the Wings, or do you try to look even at Grand Rapids and what they're doing? I mean, are you assimilating yourself into the Detroit hockey culture? Definitely, definitely. Um, you know, any game that I am able to watch, um, you know, I'm trying to. And, and if I'm not able to watch games, I'm, I'm definitely watching the highlights for for both Grand Rapids and Detroit. Now, do you have, have, have you been able to, and I know it was quick, you know, training camp, you know, you're only up there when, when the big club gets up there. They're up there like for five days or something. Do you have a relationship with uh, uh, with Alex Nadalkovich and Thomas Grace? Have you, or do you follow them? Do you keep in contact with them? Are you able to, you know, because you know, Ned, I mean, the way he plays the puck is, I, I, is incredible. And I saw Marty Turco. At the University of Michigan, who was wild with when you talk about playing the puck, he seriously thought that he was another defenseman out there. But <laughs> uh, but 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 I'm I'm kind of curious. Do you do you have a co- contact with, the, with with the Red Wing goaltenders? Uh yeah yeah. I was at camp. I I was talking to them quite a bit. You know, just try and take anything that I can from from them. Um, and yeah, like you said, the obviously their skill and, and the reason they're there is 
it's pretty obvious, you know, they're they're obviously amazing goaltenders, but um, you know, not not uh, not daily, but um, you know, at camp, I was I was trying to kind of pick their brains a bit for sure. So now, do you uh, uh, when you look at the Red Wings, do you have any kind of relationship? And I mean, I I know that uh, you know with Lucas Raymond or Mo Sider, are you kind of uh, you know, because I, I don't think you probably played against these guys that much because of your age difference, even though it isn't great age difference but I mean are you surprised that Mo Sider and Lucas Raymond at this point seem to have made almost and I hate to say this because I don't want to curse these guys uh you know a seamless transition into the NHL yeah obviously the you know the talent that they've put in and, and the work they've put in is is obviously showing a lot and you know they've had a great start to the season um you know as I would talk to Lucas quite a bit at camp, but um, you know, Mo was Mo was with the older guys there, and, and he wasn't in Travers with us, so I wasn't able to talk to him as much. Um, but yeah, you know, just uh, you know, meeting those guys for the first time and, and kind of just introducing myself and, and you know, kind of starting to build the relationships there. Now, are there guys in the Western League? I know there are that are Red Wing draft picks. Do you, you know, when you're on the ice against them, do you do you talk about them about being part of the Detroit system at all? I mean, do you have, you know, have you extended maybe? olive branches to some of these guys that you know that you obviously still want to beat but you know but you figure hey someday this guy i might need him to block a shot 100 percent, yeah no i think uh you know the first person that comes to mind there is, is alex cotton who was in lethbridge um you know he just got traded to vancouver so i was playing him quite a bit um you know every year playing him eight times so um you know and i i didn't know him before travers but um you know that was one of my good buddies there and, and we hung out a lot there so kind of you know Making relationships with the with the guys around my age, you know, a couple of the OHL guys as well, um, you know, who's, who I was really hanging out with. Now, Sebastian, you know, I, I have a I have my own plan for your timeline to come to Detroit, and I think I might have told you about this, but I think we were off the air when I interviewed you after uh, on, on draft night. Now, I see you in GR next year, and then the next year after that, I see you actually competing in Detroit um, for. If not starter, a back the, the the backup role. But then again, maybe it'd be better if you were in Grand Rapids. I can't decide if two years in GR is what what should happen, or you know, is it time for the doctor to have one year in GR and then baby, it's Detroit. <laughs> Obviously, that's that's the that's the main goal. Um, you know, at the end of the day, that would be the best scenario. But um, you know, I'm I'm going to be going to. Hopefully Grand Rapids next year and, and, you know, hopefully bring my game and bring my confidence and, you know, show that I can hang at that level. And, you know, at the end of the day, that that's the main goal to be moving up to Detroit as quick as possible. But still understanding that, you know, I am very young and, you know, they're, they're going to take their time with me. And, um, you know, they have some very good goalies there in Detroit right now. So, you know, I think... Uh, you know, obviously, my my plan is, uh, you know, might be a little bit different than theirs, but you know, at the end of the day, um, you know, if I'm stopping pucks, um, you know, that's 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 my job. So, that, that's the name of the game, right? If, if exactly. You, if, if you're stopping pucks, then uh, you know the sky's the limit. So exactly. You know. Exactly. Uh, uh, you know, and, and right now, I, I, I'm kind of curious though, uh, and this is my final question for you because I've kept you quite quite a, quite quite a while, and I, I could keep talking to you, by the way. Uh, no, yeah, this is good. This is nice. Yeah, I like it. I could definitely keep talking to you. But, I mean, how much contact do you have with Detroit? Do you have a weekly meeting with them? Uh, do, or or if, if something needs to be said, do they fly in to watch you play? Uh, how does that go? 
Yeah, yeah. Like I said earlier, um, you know, most of my most of my contact is with Phil Ozier right now, who's the who's the development coach, and he's already been to Edmonton three times this year, which is which has been really lucky to to either watch games or to practice with me. So, um, you know, just trying to communicate with him. You know, we communicate every week for sure. Um, you know, just staying in touch, seeing how the season's going, seeing how I'm feeling. Um, you know, going over videotape from from games here and there. Um, you know, yeah, he's he's been very involved, and you know, it, it's been unreal. Okay, Sebastian, get used to this because I I'm known for saying last question and then having. <laughs> <laughs> That's all good. That's all good. All right, good. good. <laughs> you, you know, I, somewhere down the line, we we have to be related. I, I don't know where. But, uh, <laughs> somewhere, uh, everyone is. Everyone is. Yeah, exactly. Everyone is from somewhere. Adam and Eve, right? I, I guess. Uh-huh. But but exactly. with 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 all that said, you wear number thirty three, a former Red Wing who is now the director and really had a big hand in drafting you wore 33 for the Red Wings. The mm. question that we're all want to know, did you have to buy Chris Draper a Rolex <laughs> in order for you to wear 33? That's hilarious. Um, no, no, I didn't. I, I might have to in the future. Um, when, you know, when I'm getting paid a little bit more, I might have to do that, but, um, you know, nothing, nothing quite yet, which is funny. Well, did, did, has, have you, has he talked to you about it? I mean, or, you know, I, I mean, he's telling people it's time to move on. It's time to move on. You know, 33 doesn't mean anything to him. But I know how you guys are with numbers. I mean, why do you wear 33? Um, it was, honestly, it was it was the only number, really, in Edmonton when I got here. Um, you know, 1, 30, 35 were all gone. Um, you know, I was when I was a kid, I was usually wearing 31, and that was gone here. So I chose 33, and, um, you know, he, he hasn't said anything to me. Um you know, unfortunately, fortunately, um, obviously that that would be a little bit of an awkward conversation, maybe. But um, <laughs> you know, just him him passing the torch down a little bit, maybe. Um, but yeah, um, you know, thirty three kind of kind of got stuck with me here in Edmonton, and and you know, I'm you know I, I like the number obviously, and, and you know, continue to to roll with it. Really, that's good. You know, though, if you really if, if Draper does give you about it go hey man they just gave me that number it means nothing to me. you can keep it I'll, I'll go back to i don't care what my number is and then you know uh-huh. that, 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 that that'll get although draper's a big talker too I, it would be interesting to be in on that conversation <laughs> <laughs> yeah it might be an interesting one down the road here <laughs> well number 33 uh she Kosa, whatever, the doctor, you know, Sebastian Kosa. I think that's what I'm going to call you, Sebastian. But uh, Sebastian Kosa, I really, I just enjoy talking to you. You know, I know I'm kind of foofing out here and just having maybe a little way too much fun. But uh, (laughs) it it is a pleasure to have you on the Red and White Authority. I really look forward to you being in the Red and White someday. You're going to look good in that winged wheel. And uh, uh, thank you for your time today. Best of luck with the... Edmonton Oil Kings uh, uh, this season, and uh, I can't wait till you get on the ice against the Winnipeg Ice and beat them again. Thank you, Art. I appreciate it a lot, and yeah, it was my pleasure. It was my pleasure. All right, thanks very much, uh, Sebastian. Take care of yourself, and again, best of luck. Perfect. Thank you. Appreciate it.